0: Welcome to Executive Tools, Rules for Directors, Chapter One, Earning Trust, Part One. This cast answers these questions. How can I build trust with managers who work for me? What's my responsibility for open door meetings? What is my responsibility to my skips as a director? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. Mark, I'm glad you wrote this cast. This is, this <laughs> in my... Uh, many years of experience this is one of those things that directors particularly new directors and by that we mean a manager of managers struggles with it's one of those s curves when it comes to management Mm -hmm.
1: it is new directors tend to in the very beginning when you're just starting out as a director again manager of managers for all those of you in silicon valley who are called a director but only manage individual contributors. You're not an actual director in the corporate sense of things. That is a classic case of title inflation. Most inexperienced, let's say, directors tend to continue managing everybody in their org the way they manage individual contributors. And that's normal. It's totally reasonable. It's management, right? There's a lot of similarities. But it's still a mistake because – Directors aren't managing everyone. They're only managing managers. And so one of the reasons we started ExecTools was to address this. Now, if you're familiar with manager tools, and surely you are if you're a licensee, there were casts in the past where we talked about director issues. Not too many, but we did because we felt they were particularly important. But now, for the most part, Directors will think of them as proto execs and will address director issues in exec tools. And you have to be careful as a director to not try to manage your entire organization. If you're one of four managers, not director, just manager, going back in time now, and you're manager A, and there's there's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, and Delta, and you're alpha. When you get promoted to director and say, one of your people or somebody else becomes the new manager of alpha. You're not managing the individual contributors on alpha anymore. You probably have a closer relationship with them, although that will gradually go away and you don't get special privileges to go down there and stay in touch with them, or you don't get to spend more time with that new manager because those guys were mine years ago you don't get to do that. You have to let your managers manage.
0: And therein lies the problem for
1: yeah. Me. And And I'll tell you, one of the problems is with managers who, with directors who like to think about their individual contributors as still being mine, and I'll talk more about why that's wrong later in this cast, you end up not having the back of the managers reporting to you. And you talk about a way to destroy trust. There is no amount of trust you can build with your skips that will overcome destroying trust with your managers. No, for sure. None. You can't do it. And the scope and scale of it are ludicrous, but people try it all the time.
0: The way you get information (laughs) changes dramatically when you become a director, right? As, As a manager, you can talk to individuals doing the work. You know exactly what's going on. So. Although reporting and status reporting and all that kind of stuff is still important, you can get by by getting information directly from your directs. Once you're a director, you have to have all sorts of new systems and reports and et cetera in place to be able to get enough information to make the right decisions. Um, and if you've never done it before, that's a hard, hard transition. And if you don't know that you need those, you resort to the way you always did it, which is going to the individual contributors, which again, ultimately, whether you intend it or not, you will be perceived as not having your directs, your managers' backs.
1: Yeah. I talked to a director, this is probably 10, 15 years ago, and he said, you know, I used to complain about all the reports I sent up. Now I understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, did. yeah. The people above you are still responsible, but now they're disconnected. And that's a Tough feeling and you've got to build trust. So this cast is about trust, all right? So here's, here's the outline. First of all, we're going to recommend you have an open door policy. You can't call yourself a professional director and not have an open door policy. God forbid your boss have an open door policy and you don't, you're going to get in a pinch really fast. You have to also tell your managers you have an open door. You have to tell your managers to tell their directs you have an open door. Now, here's something we never talked about before. You don't take open door emails. Okay. If somebody wants open door, there's a right way to do that. We'll talk about that. And support your managers by following the rules of open door. And here is the crux, and it's last, but I'm going to talk about it in a little bit of detail here side with your managers when in doubt. Okay. Every open door scenario that one of your skips, or let's say you're a senior director and you've got, people below skips. Maybe your skips are actually managers. When something comes up the chain of command and it's followed the open-door process, and for many of you, if you're new to manager tools, you probably don't know what an open-door process is, so we're going to explain our policy. We're going to explain that in a minute. Uh, Many people misunderstand it. But your default solution must be that you will side with the manager.
0: What if the individual contributors don't like you? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel terrible. I'm crying (laughs) real big tears over here. Because all that extra pay you get is so that people will like you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Suddenly people are going to come to you and talk about their feelings, which I I find annoying (laughs) usually. (laughs) But your default has to be siding with your manager. You cannot go into these things saying, I'm going to try to figure out what happened. You go in saying, the burden that this person has to meet that I might be put in a situation where I'd have to rule someone is fairly high, okay? I have fired people when there was a disagreement between the manager and the direct to give you an idea. And I thought the, the skip, the person whom I was talking to had good points, but I supported the manager. Imagine being a manager. And maybe not have told your director, your boss, everything, but knowing in your heart of hearts and in your mind of minds that this person needs to be fired and then having your boss overrule you, that will destroy trust between director and manager. It will also, in some many ways, ruin the individual contributor who is saved in many cases, at least professionally. It's like the, 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 the greyhound racing dog that gets the mechanical rabbit and discovers, I've been tricked all along.
0: Yeah, and if you don't trust the manager, then yeah. why do you have that person in that position? Right, exactly.
1: All right, so let's go through each of these things. First, having an open-door policy. So we, I promise we define what an open-door policy is, and we start by defining what it isn't, because most people think what it isn't is what it is. You do not have an open-door policy by telling your people your door is always open. That is not an open-door policy. You can do that, and there's nothing wrong with it, although everyone I know who does it complains about it because people are interrupting them all the time. I'm like, well, dude, you did it to yourself. An open-door policy, folks, is a specific thing, not just anybody saying their door is always open, because hopefully sometimes your door is not always open. So we're going to recur now to our guidance from 2007. Timeless, not timely. Yeah, it's 14, what is that, 15 years ago. Okay, here's what we said in 2007 in Manager Tools. Our definition in practice is that your organization knows that at any time they can come to you to professionally discuss anything about the company and its operations with special attention to management practices and you knowing that you have a professional obligation to honor their request. What this means is your managers or your skips can make an open-door request of you, and you'll honor it. Typically, the time frame is within 24 hours. There's more to it than that, but that's the crux of what an open-door policy is. Now, an open-door policy is actually a corporate policy, just so you know. And it breaks down if people in the chain of command don't have or don't know about or never told that we have an open-door policy culture here. I can't imagine there's a well-managed large organization in the world that doesn't have an open-door policy today. And so the only question is, if you don't have an open-door policy yourself, if it hasn't been communicated, what the hell are you doing, right? I mean, if people around you have it and you don't, that's a problem. Now, just so you know, for the record, in a work-from-home world, post-pandemic, an open-door meeting would still be conducted over Zoom. Now, mind you, there are some companies that say, uh, and by the way, there's more details to discuss about it, but at the high level, that's what it is. There are some companies that would say, well, our open door is anybody can send anybody an email at any time. Well, I think that's dumb because they can do that already, <laughs> Right. right. Anyone can. You right. can get anybody's email address internally. So so that's not really a policy. That's a technological marvel. On the other hand, open door policy does not mean you can email the CEO. You can email the CEO. You will probably be ignored unless you bring something to their attention of malfeasance or something like that. And actually in those situations what the professional response to your witnessing malfeasance or abuse or something like that is to use the open door policy to use the chain of command in effective and efficient organizations decisions must be made as close as possible to the incident or the activity as they possibly can be if you're thinking that you always have to send up a signal to the very top which this this gets modified a little bit if you're in a very small organization where the very top is very close to the very bottom. But if you're always sending up a signal, pretty soon you're going to be the boy who cried wolf. Now, as an aside, I will tell you, HR has gotten into this mix. And they have mistakenly done so. In fact, as a general rule, companies have a habit of saying, well, HR kind of owns the open door policy. And that's a Big mistake because HR is a staff function and open door policies are decidedly a line function. And the problem with telling HR is in a large organization, sometimes HR is three or four levels above you. And that innervates and essentially dissects, in some ways, ruins the chain of command. Mm-hmm. And so now suddenly employees think, well, open door is going to HR. And there's a whole raft of problems with going to HR as well, because HR's job is not to be a union representative for all of the employees. There are times to go to HR, certainly, but the vast majority of open door requests would not be good to take to HR.
0: Right. Now, since most large organizations, if not all, have open door policies, why your next point of tell your managers you have an open door policy? Of course you do. It's corporate guidance.
1: Right? Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's like saying everybody reads the financial reports every quarter. There you go. Yeah, they, everybody they don't? knows every, everything. Everybody, kn- everybody knows everything. Of course, everybody knows everything. Right? Everybody ah. does. It's a good assumption. Live your life that way. We'll see how that works out for you. Let me know. <laughs> okay, so you got to tell your managers that you have an open door policy. You have to affirmatively say so. It's part of the process, folks. So we're going to go back to our 2007 guidance it's important to note that our models suggest you do not have an open-door policy if you believe that you do, but nobody else knows it, or if you get requests that you don't honor. That's why the definition here, our definition says the organization knowing that you do. They have to know. You actually have to publish this or communicate it, again, affirmatively. If you don't, and if you think you have one, but you don't tell anybody, you really don't have an actual policy. You feel that way. How nice for you to feel that way. I feel good. But that's not, feeling good is not a policy. People yeah. need to know how they would interact with your open door, and that's what makes it a policy.
0: Yeah. And many of you listening, not not all of you, are like me and not naturally a open Oh, loving my, I love fun this. person it's, who by personality invites people just drop by and talk whatever so even if it's corporate policy like there are many of you that people will assume that it does not apply to you yeah yeah i thought you were going to say something else
1: i you you, you went to, you took a fork in the road and i missed it i apologize i thought you were going to say some of you are like me and don't naturally communicate things like this and just assume that other people know these things. And the problem is to have a heart that says, I recognize the importance of an open-door policy. I recognize as a as a member of the leadership team of this organization, no matter how far down I am, that I have an obligation to uphold the, the principles and values of this organization that we we're focused on results, but we take care of our people too. My favorite phrase is mission first, people always. And you feel good about it. You, you feel you're in the right, but you don't let people know. It's as if you don't have it at all. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. And too many people who are not – in fact, high D and high C managers all the time are missing out on knowing what's going on because they send a message of, I don't want you to communicate with me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't like you. Please go away. It's a common mistake for half the managers, if more than half the managers in the world, because high Ds represent a higher percentage of management than of the general
0: populace. Yeah. And if you are high DC, then you just got to make the decision that you're going to work at it, right? That's... Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Because... That's what you get paid to do is to work at your job, not to do what's easy for you, not to do what's fun, not to do what's convenient, not to do what's comfortable. Not to be paid to be a professional. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dear God yeah oh don't make me go down the i know radical. i'm sorry i shouldn't bait yeah, you no, no. sorry folks i know <laughs> exactly. everybody in the audience is going so like good. oh no mike do like do
0: that don't do we, that. we were,
1: folks if you don't know we record now on a zoom call mike records his end i record my end we're not together for those of you who maybe new, we I, how many mike how many podcasts have we recorded in the last 17 years where we've been physically together two three one
0: or two or i i yeah. Two, maybe. I two. think we did
1: one at my house, one at your house, and we did that one in, in Silicon Valley. Oh, that's right. We okay. did a live yeah. one after a that's public right. conference, but that's been a you decade. Will, Mr. High C. It's, it's, it's a decade. It's a decade ago that you were still traveling to some of our trainings, but we get too big. So look, how do you communicate it? The easy way to do this is send out an email because your managers could then forward along to their teams, and if you're smart you share with them that, hey, guys, I'm telling you, but remember the old adage, managers are not communicated to. Managers are never communicated to. Managers are always communicated through. So, your managers, we recommend you tell them, do not just do a naked forward. And if you don't know what that is, sorry, it's email techie talk because I'm so techie. A naked forward is forwarding something without comment. You know, I've I've had an interesting morning, so I was about to say that was a BS move. I just I, I can't say that on air though. So it's just amazing to me the number manager gets something from their boss, and the boss is talking to the manager, and the manager just forwards it on. FYI, yeah, like, no context. Yeah, no, yeah, nothing. Right, dude. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times people tell me okay, hey, I want to update you on something. I'm three minutes into listening. I say, please, can I add some context? What the heck are you talking about? Do you know I work on 17 things that you have no no idea about? I don't know what you're talking about with me. I mean, context, ugh, crazy. So, what you want to do is teach your managers with this process is that they're supposed to interpret and add value to emails from above rather than just sending them down the chain. And hopefully, they'll realize if you have an open-door policy, then they need to, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So, if you asked me, one of the biggest surprises I've had about the response to managerial tools and executive tools, it is the number of people who say their favorite parts of the cast. They all—all all different people have all kinds of favorite casts and so on. But one of their favorite parts of their cast is when we say exactly what we, we write a speech or we draft an email for you that you can just copy and paste. And then, of course, please edit it for your own tone and and so on. Um, so, we're going to give you a sample email here and it go, sounds like this. I have an open door policy. New paragraph. What this means is my door is always open for any professional or personal issue affecting work life here at ACME. For anyone who cares to see me, if you want to talk to me, what level? no matter what level you are at ACME, I will make time to hear your concerns or suggestions. As a member of this company, I'm a part of what makes it work and if something is in the way of that, I want to hear about it. New paragraph. If you communicate that the problem you're facing involves immediate or imminent harm to the company or you or a coworker, I'll make time for you immediately. If your concern is important but not urgent, I will schedule a time that day with you, usually. New paragraph, this policy does not take the place of our management structure. It is always preferable that you take your concern to your manager and then his or her manager and so on. If you come directly to me, I may not hear your concern, especially if you haven't informed your boss. The one exception of this is if you believe you will be put at risk by talking to your boss about your concern. And for the record, disagreement is not at risk. I will also refer you back to your boss for resolution in some or many situations. If you ever need to, simply contact me or my admin by email or phone and tell us that you have an open-door issue. We'll make sure my meeting with you takes priority. That's it, simple. Now you could also do that in a meeting. If I did that in a meeting, I'd probably read it because I'd want people to, everybody to hear, and I'd want to be precise. You would be precise, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's another piece of that that I think is worth pointing out, which is you're not giving people through an open door policy carte blanche to come to you to talk about anything and keep their manager out of the loop right? And it's it's people, it's important that people understand that. Yeah.
1: We'll talk about it more in a minute, but you're absolutely right. An open door policy technically allows anybody to reach out to you. Okay. By the way, you're not obligated to communicate this to everybody in the organization. That's silly. You're obligated to communicate it to your directs. And if they're smart and you're smart, that will continue to cascade down through the organization. By the way, If you're doing a skip level meeting, which we'll talk about later as well, you would want to check that they had heard that you have an open door policy. And Horstman's Law of Organization Communication says, tell your people something seven times and half of them will say they've heard it once. By the way, I tweeted that recently, Mike, and I got a couple of questions on Twitter that were, are you saying then that nobody else heard it at all? They were wondering whether I was saying that the majority of people hear it multiple times or whether I was saying that half of people hear it once and nobody else hears it at all. And I was astounded that they didn't understand that it was at least 20% tongue in cheek. But I said, no, the punchline of that is that nobody else heard you at all. You have to say something like what did Churchill say? If you want to know how to speak, choose one big idea and give it a great big whack and then give it another whack, and then give it another one, right? Just you have to say the same things over and over and over again. But your point is an interesting one. In the vast majority of open door cases, if you're a director, your skip, who is taking advantage of the open door, has already talked to your direct who is their manager, okay? If I work for Mike and Mike works for Kate, I go to Mike and I say, Hey, I disagree with this here. I, I really got a problem with this. And uh he says, Well, okay, but no, that, that's what we're doing. We that decision's been made, that ship has sailed. But thanks, thanks for the input. And I get it. I understand. Your your point is a valid one. We can't satisfy all points all the time with every decision. And so we're gonna do X. And I say to him, Well, I'm not satisfied. Mike says, Well, first of all, Mike doesn't get upset. Here's the beauty of it. Mike's open door policy and my, or Kate's open door policy gives Mike an out. He says, well, Mark, I appreciate that, but that's as far as it goes. But Mike knows that I can say to him, boss, I really, I really feel like I need to escalate this. I want to do open door. That's the way it should happen. And then mm-hmm. Mike says, okay, or reach out to Kate and set up a time where you can talk to Kate. The problem is people miss that. By the way, if I talk to Kate and I don't get satisfaction with her, I can go to her boss. Now, you start getting three or four levels up and you get the same answer three or four times. I mean, unless you're talking about something that's ethical or um, moral or abusive or malfeasance or something like that, using open door policy to… Be a shrill for whatever are, policy. Yeah, that's yeah, to argue for I think we're, we're we're choosing the wrong marketing approach on this product is th- that'll that'll get you the title of the boy who cried wolf, and that's not a title you want to have. But what most people do is think open door. I can in this example of me reporting to Mike and Mike reporting to Kate, I can just go right to Kate whenever I want. That is not an open door policy. That is stabbing your boss in the back never talk to your boss's boss without having talked to your boss first.
0: Right. Unless your boss is stealing money. I, okay. Then you, yeah, you yeah, win. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. But, right. Yeah. The exceptions yeah. you already laid out. Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, next thing,
0: you're going to tell your
1: managers, hey, folks, you have to tell your directs, my skips, that I have an open-door
0: policy. See, I, you know what I love about I don't want people to miss this, right? With the, you tell your managers, right? You said – don't commit. You're not telling everybody in the organization, say your manager, your director, you're not communicating to the entire organization. You're communicating to your managers. Right. And you're allowing your managers then to communicate to their directs. Right.
1: You're not doing a broadcast email. You're to not the doing managers a broadcast email. So people shouldn't miss that. Yeah.
0: And the thing I like to point out that is... Somebody might say, well, why don't you just communicate to that or the uh, entire organization? Well, it's easy. We Mike, our it's man.
1: easier. Mike, it's Mike, it's easier. It's, it's easier. Right, just it's more it efficient. Oh, yeah. It's more Yeah, it's more efficient. Yeah, that's right. the way we should do it. Email's great. In fact, by the way, Mike, I never need to see you again because email's way easier for me. I'll just right. type all my communications right. <laughs> by email.
0: Yeah, exactly. The 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 uh ego of the other direction is like, well, you're just gonna be communicating everything to your entire organization every single time. Yeah. Which in my point is it may not be the most efficient way to do it, but it's the most respectful way to do it of your managers. This is where you start supporting your managers and allowing them to provide context, allowing them to be the boss with their directs, right? And giving them the opportunity to give context to the whole thing.
1: Yeah. In fact, there's another piece to it, which is if you choose to communicate to your directs and your skips and maybe their directs too, in mass – as opposed to level by level there's a little bit of darkness there's a little bit of mm-hmm. negativity there to your bosses by the way i want everybody to know if you if you got a problem with your boss you can come see me and i don't trust them enough to carry this water to you so i have to reach out to everybody and this cast is about
0: earning trust and right, building that's right. trust so this skipping your managers and this for open door policy is particularly pernicious yeah, yeah it's pernicious
1: Good. I like that.
0: Okay. Because it's your directs,
1: directs, your skips that need to know this. Most of all, you have to tell your your managers who report to you and maybe the people who report to you. If you're a senior director, maybe then you're talking to directors and so on down the line and so on. But they need to know and you're going to trust them to carry that water for you and hopefully to provide some context. And as you grow in your career and you get promoted, you're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. And hopefully, when you bring all your managers together, you'll say, I assume you all knew, some of you I don't know very well, I assume you all knew that if you got a note from me saying I have an open-door policy, that suggests two things. One, you're supposed to communicate that to your people so that they know I have an open-door policy because managers are not communicated to, they're communicated through. And secondly, that now you are obligated to have an open-door policy too because, frankly, in my organization, whether this company has one or not, we have open-door policy. I'm sure I'm going to get some emails from that, Mike, that people are like, well, no, that, I, I have to check and see with the company. No, you don't. If I'm a vice president and I have five senior directors who report to me and they all have five directors reporting to them and they have five senior managers reporting to them and they all have five managers reporting to them and those managers all have five to seven to ten individual contributor directs, everybody in my organization is going to manage my way. That's how management works, folks. It is one of the most insane Assumptions that people make that, oh, I get to do it my own way. No, you don't. So if I start doing one on ones, you're going to start doing them. I'm not forcing you. I'm going to influence you. And by the way, I'm going to measure you. And if you don't do them, you're going to hear about it at the end of the year. Now, that doesn't mean if your boss isn't doing that, that you then need to be the non communicative, gruff, grumpy, email sending only, never on time kind of boss you don't have to do that okay because that boss is probably not saying to you you need to manage like me because they believe in the cult of personality
0: you need to be crap like me yeah exactly out of policy like that (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah well maybe they do i don't know by the way if you move orgs within your larger
1: corporation or organization you have to start this all over again okay so look the easiest way to do this is to have your manager's Add some context to your email, forward it to their directs, and blind copy you. That stays them having to report it in some other way to you in your next one-on-one or whatever. If they choose not to do it, that's fine. Just, again, ask them in your next one-on-one. Have you communicated my open-door policy to everybody in your organization? And I got to tell you, that question, listen to it again. Have you communicated my open-door policy to everyone in your organization?
0: Well, you know, it's
1: a, yeah, yeah well, that's, you know, the, the worst answer to a yes to no question right. is, well, yeah. Now, again, you know, we, we got ahead of ourselves a little bit here in terms of the, the, the show notes. Why not just send that email out to everyone, you ask? Because it undercuts your managers, and this cast is about building trust with your managers. Now, somebody asked me, I was men- I mentioned to somebody about this, and they said, oh, that's interesting, but isn't it possible that your managers will undercut you by poo-pooing the idea privately to their directs if you're not privy to whatever they say to their directs about your open-door policy? I said, yeah, it might be. But them undercutting me is a different problem than me undercutting them. I'm responsible for me. And by the way, if you're a manager and you work for me and you start undercutting me, I'm going to figure it out. And then yeah, you're not. Yeah. your life is not going to be good. Yeah, you'll be around for a long time. Yeah. By the way, how can you further check? I mentioned this before. In your first skip level meeting, probably in 90 or 120 days, you're going to ask, hey, by the way, raise your hand if you heard about my open door policy. I bet you 30% of people will say they did because, again, what do we know? Say something seven times, half your people will tell you they heard it
0: once. Yeah. Opportunities for feedback abound. Abound. It's awesome.
1: Yes. And it's going to drive you crazy as a director when you have to wait a while before you start giving negative feedback to your managers.
0: And just to be clear. I mean, Mark said thirty percent would raise their hand. Well, it doesn't mean that this other sixty percent were not communicated to, but yeah, they didn't hear it, right? They didn't hear so, it. So
1: communication is what the listener does again.
0: Feedback. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think we're going to end it right there. This this one is uh, running longer. We'll finish this up in the next two weeks. Have a great one, folks. So long.